of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 33, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.05 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Um, I was minding my own business yesterday down at the Northwestern Pro Day, watching my guy Josiah McDermott run some 40s, get ready to work out. And man, <clears throat> the NFL world exploded yesterday. Um, just one bomb after another coming out. And, you know, I'm trying to mind my own business, do my little agent thing. And just the world just came came crashing down yesterday. What a day in the NFL. This is why the NFL's king. Even on a Tuesday in March, we're about as far away from actual football games as possible. The NFL dominates the headlines. <clears throat> we had Aaron Rodgers news. We had Russell Wilson news. Didn't see that coming on the same day. Uh, we had some franchise tag news. And then we had some long-term extensions. So I'm going to run through these, uh, give you my thoughts on all of it. And I'm going to release this right away. Normally I wait till Thursday to drop these episodes. Uh, the world is changing too quickly <laughs> this time of year. We got to get this out so you guys can hear it while it's still fresh. So let's start with uh, who else? Aaron Rodgers. Uh, news dropped yesterday morning. Aaron Rodgers signs a four-year, $200 million extension with the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've seen reports that about 153 of that is fully guaranteed, uh, You know, bringing his average annual value to about 50 mil per year. Put that in a little context, that's about 10% higher than Patrick Mahomes' 45 uh, mil per year. Uh, because nothing's ever easy with Aaron Rodgers, he then comes on Twitter and says, look, I haven't signed anything. I'm coming back to the Packers, but I haven't signed anything, and plus your contract terms are incorrect. So who knows what's actually going on? I guess the big news is that he will be back for at least 2022. Um, if, <clears throat> if he did not sign an extension... I would be real nervous, and as a Packer fan, I am real nervous. If he's only coming back for one more year and he gets to walk in free agency for 2023, which if you remember last year, that was the whole point of his restructure, right? He he was supposed to be signed through next year. They moved some cap around last year, and they also voided his 2023 contract year. So this time next year, if he's still on his old contract, it just voids, and he would be a free agent ready to go wherever. The Packers would get very little compensation for him. You know, a third-round compensatory pick is nothing when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. If you don't believe me, just look at what Denver paid for Russell Wilson. So um, we'll see what comes out of this. Um, I'm also a little nervous about signing him to a four-year deal. According to Pat McAfee and him and him and Rodgers are, are buddies. They do the podcast every week. Apparently, retirement was a serious consideration. So if retirement's a consideration this year, is it going to be a consideration next year? Now, if, if he retires, it's not like the Packers lose that money or anything like that. He would owe back signing bonus proration for the years he didn't play. It's not the end of the world there from a financial standpoint. But it's just, 
you know, what commitment are we getting out of him? So who knows? Like I said, nothing's ever easy. Um, when the, the four year, $200 million number came out, that's pretty much right where, you know, insiders had it pegged 50 mil per year. Uh, this year that that's almost 25% of the cap. The salary caps 208.2 for this year. So to pay one player 50, uh, that's a lot. And the Packers are going to have to do some roster juggling, um, in order to build a team around Rogers. Um, and then we'll get to Devonte Adams later. So that the Packers have their work cut out between now and a week from today, March 16th at 4 p.m. They must be 4 p.m. Eastern. They must be under that 208.2 number. Um, I would expect more contract restructures. Um, I could see Jair Alexander getting extended. Honestly, I think they'll extend Devonte Adams because they did franchise tag him. Uh, all of those extensions, uh, you can do what you know reportedly happened with Rodgers, where even though he's getting more money, you lessen the cap hit in year one. Um, I think Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith are on cut or trade watch. Um, probably some other guys that you know are going to be real nervous between now and next week uh, because they could be cut for salary cap reasons. So Packers apparently are going all in. Rodgers is committed to coming back for at least one more year. I guess we'll see what happens with an extension if there is one. Um, hopefully there is. Because I, I, I would hate for this to be a one-year window. I mean, I guess it's better than not having a window. <laughs> Most teams would probably kill to have a one-year window. But uh, long-term, you know, the Packers are kind of betting the, the house, as they say, uh, to, to win one more with Rodgers before he either rides off into the sunset or goes to another team. So we'll see. I, I wish it'd be easy with Rodgers. <laughs> Nothing ever is. Um but is what it is, and we'll see what comes out with it. So about a half an hour after this, another bomb comes out. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Now, the big thing to remember is that Russell Wilson has a no-trade clause, so he controls his own destiny. He can go wherever he would like or not go wherever he would like. So you have to figure that uh, the Broncos or excuse me, the, the Seahawks were communicating with him, like, hey, we're getting this offer from Denver. Are you willing to go to Denver? And he must have said yes because the deal got done. Um, I saw one report that Denver's first option was Aaron Rodgers, um, and they were talking to the Packers around the Senior Bowl uh, for you non-draft nerds like myself. Um, the Senior Bowl is, you know, the, the premier all-star game. It usually happens end of January, first week in February. Um, you know, all the teams are there. They're watching the majority of guys who are going to get drafted are playing in that game. So apparently some talks were had and the Packers, you know, were kind of standing firm. Hey, we're not really willing to deal Rodgers. Um, we, we, our, our preference is to have him back. So then Denver kind of shifted their focus to Russell Wilson. And over the next month, they were able to get this deal done. So here's the deal. Um, and I've seen some things kind of change on this. Um, so if this is inaccurate in any way, I apologize, but I'm going off of, uh, cbssports.com right now. Uh, and they're, they're quoting Adam Schefter. So <laughs> got to love the source game. You got a story on ES on CBS quoting a guy from ESPN. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Denver's trading, um, the number nine pick this year and the number 40 pick this year. 
as well as their first round pick in 2023 and their second round pick in 2023 as well. So the four picks there. And then a 2022 fifth. So three draft picks this year, a first, a second, number nine and number 40, and then a fifth round pick. And then a first and a second next year. The Broncos will receive a fourth round pick this year. So five picks heading to Denver, or excuse me, Seattle, and one pick heading to Seattle. Um, some players were also included. So tight end Noah Fant, who a lot of people are, are high on, he's being sent to Seattle. Uh, second round pick Drew Locke, the quarterback. Um, a lot of people were high on his athleticism. Uh, he hasn't shown much in Denver. Uh, my guess is Seattle's going to give him a shot. I mean, who else do they have right now? Um, so they'll give Drew Locke a shot, and my guess is they're probably going to going to draft a player in this year's draft as well to play quarterback. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe a a change of scenery is good for Drew Locke. Um, he was. He had really high athletic scores coming out of college. Uh, maybe he can put it together in a different system. And then the last piece of this, uh, defensive lineman Shelby Harris is also going um, to Seattle. Um, he's 30. He had six sacks for the Broncos in 2021, and he's also regarded as a leader in the locker room. Again, this is coming directly from CBS Sports. So... Uh, that's a big deal, <laughs> obviously. Quarterbacks usually aren't on the move. Um, the Broncos gave up five draft picks and three players, and they got in return a quarterback and a pick. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to talk about who won the pick, who didn't. Here are my initial thoughts. One, the first thing I thought when I saw markets for Rodgers, even going back to last year for Deshaun Watson. You know, I think Houston was looking for three or four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, and that kind of seemed to set the market. However, they never they never received that offer either. So maybe that is too high of the market. To give up two firsts and two seconds in the next two drafts, I still think is probably a little low for a caliber, a caliber player like Russell Wilson. Um, so, you know, and the other thing, if you're Seattle, is now you got to turn those picks into something. And, God, drafting quarterbacks is so hard. Um, you know, are they going to use that number nine pick now? Uh, are they going to wait a year and try and do it next year? I don't know. You you have to figure that next year first round pick from Denver standpoint is going to be higher than number nine. You got to figure they're going to be better with Russell Wilson under center. Um, so it's tough. I, I have a hard time. I know and I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I, I, I did believe that the Packers should have moved on from Rodgers and it's the same thing, right? Are, do you give up that signal caller who you know what you're going to get an MVP slash Pro Bowl candidate in either Wilson or Rodgers, and you try and draft for the future, that's so tough. I think it's even tougher in Seattle's instance, though, because Russell Wilson's only like 33. You know, Rodgers is at least 39. He signs a four-year deal. I don't know how likely it is he's going to finish that contract. Russell Wilson's got six, seven years left easy. Um, I know people like to say, well, he's a, he's a runner, 
that's true, but he's also smart. He doesn't take hits anymore. He slides. Um, and he's got the arm capabilities where if he does need to morph into a, you know, pure pocket passer, he can do it. So I, I think, you know, if you had to look at it, Denver probably won the trade now. It's too early to tell, though, too. Uh, we'll see what Seattle can do with this draft capital. You know, maybe they get like a Malik Willis or, you know, Matt Coral or whoever your favorite quarterback is this year. And maybe that guy's, is, you know, a stud. Um, it's just it's so hard to find the next quarterback. Look at all these other franchises who have struggled with it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, but huge, huge news. Uh, Russell Wilson apparently going to be in orange. Uh, not in blue and and neon. So interesting. If that wasn't enough, <coughs> excuse me. If that wasn't enough, we had franchise tags coming out yesterday. Yesterday was the deadline to franchise franchise tag an individual. Um, you know, for those of you kind of new to this, teams have the ability to tag one individual. Fully guarantees their deal for next year. Um, it kind of withholds player players' movement. Uh, the deal is fully guaranteed, and it's kind of set based on what type of tag they get and what position they play. So there were eight franchise tags handed out yesterday. Uh, oddly enough, three tight ends received tags. Uh, Mike Gusecki, David Njoku, and Dalton Schultz all got tagged. They will all get the 10.9 million tag um we'll get to mike Gusecki in a second because he's got an interesting case um and he he's probably going to try and classify himself as a wide receiver and we'll get to that um the other players receiving tags jesse bates safety from the Bengals. real quick thoughts on jesse bates i think the Bengals are making a big mistake here um he's a star player a key piece of that defense that got him to the super bowl um they have a ton of cap space. So they have, let's pull this up real quick. Um, they have $35 million in cap space. You know, uh, SpotTrack has Jesse Bates' calculated market at about $15 million. That would put him in the top five for safeties. I think Justin, nope, excuse me, Jamal Adams has the top market. And he, Jamal Adams got it because he had nine sacks in one year. I mean, he's kind of like that weird hybrid kind of guy who comes up in the box and can rush the, rush the pass, passer. Jeez, it's easy for me to say. Uh, Justin Simmons, who's more of a you know, true safety, he got four for 61, so 15.25 average annual salary. That's probably right where Jesse Bates should be. He's only 25, um, and you know the kid can play. They have the cap space. I think tagging him is the wrong move. Um, you know, I get that they're doing it, probably saving a couple bucks this year. But you know, if Cincinnati is going to bring in free agents and they're going to be kind of the cream of the cream of the crop in the AFC, I think you need to show guys that you're willing to pay them when they're due. And Jesse Bates is due, um, so I don't like that tag. Um, so you got the three tight ends: Adams, Bates. You got Chris Godwin and cam robinson and i think i'm missing one godwin robinson got interesting notes about those two godwin and robinson both got the tag for the second year 
Uh, so these guys cannot be tagged again next year. Well, I should take that back. They can be tagged again next year, but they'd be paid like quarterbacks. So you'd have Cam Robinson and Chris Godwin making $45 million a year next year. That's certainly not going to happen. Um, the Godwin tag, I saw a lot of Buccaneers fans not happy with it. They had a whole year to get a deal done because he was tagged last year. Um, and, and, they, and they couldn't do it. You know, Buccaneers fans also had some other guys on their list that they would have rather had tag. Um, so that one's interesting. I wonder if they'll get a deal done. You know, if you're Chris Godwin, it's not a bad deal. He's going to be making like $19 million fully guaranteed next year. And he tore his ACL in December. So if he's not ready to play until October, November of next year because the ACL takes a little time to heal, he's getting fully guaranteed money next year. Not a bad gig. And, you know, he'll have a shortened season to kind of prove to the free agent market that he can play and deserves that kind of money. I, if I'm Godwin's representative, I don't hate that number. You know, uh, sure, I'd rather have a long-term deal. But, you know, over the last two years, he's going to have made over $35 million. Not bad, fully guaranteed money, put it that way. Cam Robinson has me scratching my head. I have no idea what the Jaguars are doing. Um... They need to draft a left tackle. They, I don't know what they're thinking. You know, I, I was talking to Meat Stick. He said maybe they'll move him to the right side. That's fine, um, but not Cam Robinson. Like he's just, he's like a more of like a mediocre offensive lineman, not supposed to be receiving franchise tag type money, and he's getting the tag for the second time. So I don't know what they're doing down there. Uh, if I'm Cam Robinson, I'm actually happy with the deal. It's more than I would have gotten in free agency, at least in my opinion. So give me fully guaranteed money. I get another year to kind of show tape. Maybe I can make that kind of money. It kind of sets the market on yourself as you go to free agency next year. I don't know. I didn't like the uh, didn't like the didn't like the tag for the Jaguars there. Orlando Brown of the Chiefs was the last tag. I, I knew there was one more. Uh, he was tagged a couple days earlier, or maybe not a couple days, yesterday or Monday. Um, so that's a you know a smart tag. The Chiefs don't have a lot of room to play with. Their their talent is starting to get very expensive. Um, and you know Orlando Brown probably looking to push the left tackle market. Uh, currently, that market's set by. Um, David Bakhtiari and the left tackle from the 49ers, who I'm blanking on because it's early in the morning and I don't get any sleep anymore. Um, Jesus. Well, that name will come to me. Um, so he's probably pushing that market. Trent Williams is the name I was thinking of. Um, so he's probably pushing that market. Trent Williams is getting, uh, and David Bakhtiari, both getting about 23 mil per year, average annual salary. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is right behind him at 22. I think um, I think Brown is right in that space, probably that 22, 23. If he resets the market, maybe 23 and a half uh, average annual value. Um, so you might be looking at four for 95, somewhere in that space. Kid's young, um, kind of entering his first contract, renegotiations here, coming off his rookie deal. So I, I can understand why the Chiefs did it. They have some salary cap issues. I don't think they can afford him long-term given some of their other contracts. 
Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, etc. on that offense. So this is good. This is a good gap holder for another year. Um, so I can understand that tag. Okay, let's go back to um, Mike Gusecki. So he's getting a tag of ten point nine million. I can tell you that his team is already getting set to um, to um, appeal that. I think they're going to try and classify him as a wide receiver. If they're able to classify him as a wide receiver, uh, that franchise tag amount jumps to eighteen point four million. So. 18.4 versus 10.9. You do the math, you know, seven and a half million dollars difference. Um, it's kind of a no brainer if you're his team. I can tell you that they have an uphill battle in front of them. So, for all of you football fans, you may remember Jimmy Graham went through this exact same thing back in the 2013 2014 time, time frame. Um, he was franchise tagged with the New Orleans Saints. His tag was worth about $7 million at the time, and wide receivers was around $12.3 million. So he had a difference of about $5 million. The, um, so he and his representatives in the NFLPA you know, appealed and said, hey, look, he spends over two-thirds of his time as a split wide receiver, either in the slot or out wide. Um, therefore, he should be classified as a wide receiver. He should be owed that extra $5 million. I can, I'm can. i seeing the exact same arguments for Gusecki. Um, uh, forget who posted it yesterday, um, but they, they were showing this, the, the position lineups of Gusecki, and the majority of it were in the slot or out wide, very similar to um, Jimmy Graham. And people are saying, look, see, he's actually a wide receiver. So going back to the Jimmy Graham um, decision, the arbitrator in that case um, didn't really care where he was lining up. Um, So, and I'm quoting here, central to the NFLPA's contention that Mr. Graham was not participating in plays as a tight end when he was aligned more than two yards from the nearest lineman. Um, You know, greater distance eliminates potential to serve as one or more three roles, run blocking, pass blocking, and route running. Um, there is nothing in any definition of a tight end I've seen that confines his blocking universe to defensive linemen. In any event, um, viewing video of a play, Mr. Graham acknowledged that he blocked a defensive end from a split between two and four yards. The big thing here that kind of, so basically all that mumbo jumbo said, for those of you following along at home, um, the arbitrator didn't really care where they lined up. You know, even if you line up out wide, you're still serving the roles of a tight end. You could be run blocking, pass blocking, or route running. Kind of an interesting theory there. Um, But the other thing that the um, arbitrator ruled is that Jimmy Graham classified himself as a tight end on his social media account. So, you know, it kind of pointed to the fact that Jimmy Graham viewed himself as a tight end. So here, let's talk about this in the context of Gusecki. So yes, it's true that he spends most of his time split out and he's probably more of a pass catcher. However, 
if you look at every classification for him, he he's classified as a tight end. Uh, tight end. You look at fantasy football, he's a tight end. I mean, not that that's like the end-all, be-all, but that's what he's going to be, you know, kind of put in that box around. Um, when he was drafted, he was drafted as a tight end out of Penn State. As much as I would love to see him win his arbitration here, um, I think at least if they follow the Jimmy Graham precedent, it's going to follow less about where he lined up and more about how he was classified, you know, how he was drafted. How does he consider himself? Um, how does the team consider him? Unfortunately, that seems to be more important than what his primary role is. And I think he's got an uphill battle, um, which is unfortunate because I do think he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end, at least in terms of his you know duties. But he's kind of tied to that tight end market. I mean, the guy last year had 73 catches for 780 yards. Yeah, those are wide receiver numbers, but um, we'll we'll see. I think he's going to be held to that ten point nine million dollar number, even if he appeals it. Um, and hopefully they can get a long term deal done there down in uh, South Florida. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I just think if they follow the precedent of the Jimmy Graham case, he's going to be classified as a tight end. But we'll see. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Okay. Um, so then to kind of wrap up news and notes here, um, there were two extensions yesterday that people thought would get tagged. So the first one uh, was the wide receiver Mike Williams from the Chargers. I was going to say San Diego. I can't get that out of my head. They need to move back to San Diego just for my mental health here because I'm going to continue to call it San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers extended uh, Mike Williams to a three-year, $60 million contract. Ian Rappaport is uh, from NFL Network is reporting that the deal includes $40 million guaranteed upon signing. So three years for $60 million, you know, easy math, 20 mil per year. Um, what you'll be interested, what's interesting, and you need to pay attention to this, is it says the deal includes $40 million guaranteed upon signing. I don't, what does that mean? Okay, just for all of you paying attention, because it's going to be important as we get into free agency here. There's three different types of guaranteed. So there's uh, for injury, for skill, and then for salary cap purposes. So really, the only time it's fully guaranteed is if it's all three of them. So for example, if it's $40 million guaranteed for injury, well, he can still be cut for salary cap purposes or for skill purposes, and vice versa. You can do that with all three of them. Now, if the $40 million is like in a signing bonus, that's obviously guaranteed because he gets that money immediately. Um, so I haven't seen the actual contract, but just be careful when you start to see $60 million, $40 million guaranteed. Um, that guaranteed language can be a little bit misleading and, in fact, not actually guarantees. Okay, my thoughts on Mike Williams. Great contract for Mike Williams. Him and his team did a phenomenal job. If it's 60 mil, if he's getting 20 per and he gets 40 million guaranteed, so basically that probably means in terms of real contract, it's probably a two for 40. Phenomenal deal. Um, I didn't think his market was that high. Um, luckily for him, the Chargers have the money to spend. 
I think they want to keep that offense intact while they still have Herbert on his rookie deal. Phenomenal deal. Him and his him and his reps deserve all the credit here. That's a phenomenal deal. And I think I think he did better than what his market was. So good for him. Um, hopefully he can continue to perform. I mean, last year he had over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. So, you know, maybe I'm being a little harsh on him. Uh, so that's that's a that's a great deal. Hopefully he continues to perform and he can get that one more deal. Interesting here. I like I like the fact that he did a three year deal as opposed to a four or five year deal. Um, it gives him a chance to sign that next contract. I kind of like the shorter contract terms. So again, great job from him from him and his reps. I don't know who his agent is, but phenomenal. They did good work and good for him. He avoids the tag and gets a long term deal. The last person then that I wanted to talk about was Harold Landry. Um, Titan fans were not thrilled that he did not receive a franchise tag by the 4 p.m. deadline yesterday. Um, but just a couple hours after the deadline came and went, he signs a five-year, $87.5 million contract that includes $52.5 million. So, again, um, kind of vague terms. Um but if that's the case, then, you know, he avoids the, the um, excuse me, he avoids the franchise tag and gets his long-term deal five for 87 and a half. That comes out to 17 and a half per year, which for, you know, a guy of his abilities, um, maybe a little bit on the light side, um, but still you know, that's, that's, that's good money. He had 12 sacks last year, uh, kind of his first breakout year, which if you're going to have a breakout year, the time to do it is when you're getting ready to sign that next contract. So he had, um, 74 tackles and, uh, 12 sacks last year. He had nine sacks back in 2019. So he's definitely a guy who can give you double digit sacks. He's only 25, um, former second round pick out of Boston college. So he's gonna, he's gonna get that, that real money. Um, you know, again, for a guy that's 25, he's going to be 26 by the time next year starts. Maybe maybe a shorter contract period. Uh, if he continues to produce, I think in years four and five, if he's truly only making 17 and a half average annual value at that point, for a guy who might get you 12 to 14 sacks a year, um, you know, it might be a little bit on the lighter side, especially since pass rushers are at a premium. But... Um, that's for, for them to figure out when that time comes. Uh, in the meantime, they avoid the tag, which is good. Everybody wants to avoid the tag. And he gets his five for, uh, you know, an average of 17 and a half per year. So good on him. All right. Well, that was a very quick run around the news yesterday. Um, man, the NFL never sleeps. Um, yesterday was, was crazy. We got the Rogers deal, Wilson franchise tags, some extensions, and we still haven't even hit free agency yet. So we got a week, a week from today, the new league year begins, um, and free agents can, you know, really start to, uh, sign and move to their new teams. You will start to hear news coming out on Monday, the 14th. Uh, there's a 48 hour legal, um, tampering period. Um, so teams will, you know, news will start breaking. Remember, all of those deals cannot take place until March 16th. So even if you hear it on the news, you see it on ESPN, 
It cannot be official until the new league year starts. And quite frankly, the same is true with the Russell Wilson Broncos trade. Uh, that cannot become official until next week as well. So there is a chance that this stuff could fall through. Probably pretty unlikely, um, but it cannot become official until some physicals are done and the new league year starts next week, Wednesday. So that's that. Um, I'm going to release this right away. Crazy time. The NFL never sleeps. All I can think about is uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Because this is <laughs> this is crazy, and we're just getting started. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, impromptu podcast here. Um, I'm sure I'll t- I'll talk about this over the weekend with uh, with Mike and get his thoughts, and we'll go a little bit deeper. But that's what's going on right now. Good times. I'm gonna be at the uh, UW Whitewater Pro Day today, so who knows? We'll see what other news drops while I'm uh, out watching some guys work out. But ah. Uh, Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, follow me on Substack, Impact Sports Newsletter, uh, Twitter, Impact Sports Management, Instagram, Impact Sports underscore football for more content. And we'll talk to you all this weekend. Later. Back for the-